0: Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon, and this is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 43 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn Sales as one of 15 innovating sales influencers to follow. In today's episode of Scale Your Podcast, my guest talks about greatness is in the agency of others. He talks about pre-2022 and the business case and value statements that very much focused on customer value, uplift, divide, derived from personalised and optimised cross-channel messaging. But now more relevant, it speaks to the reduction of tech debt, the architecture uh, and the the level of tech stack involved with many enterprise organization and really rapidly time to value how users can onboard and upskill uh, as quickly as possible? What is the human resource optimization? This is a subject that's carried through a few uh, podcasts, so it's really interesting uh, that my guest should talk about this as being primary important. My next guest leads the EMEA cells team for Braze a comprehensive customer engagement platform that powers meaningful and relevant interactions between customers and brands. Prior to Brace, he was an infantry officer in the British Army and served on operations around the world. Outside of work, he is an adventurer enthusiast and is currently preparing to row across the Atlantic in December 2023. So, welcome to Scale Yourselves podcast, John Ashton.
1: Lovely to be here. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Ah, it's great, great to have you you here, and thank you very much. I I know we're both on holiday um soon, so you know, and you're kind of uh, coming up to your your third quarter, so you're really busy. So, thank you for taking the time. I'm really um curious about your role as um that you know your lead in sales and what's the particular perspective that that you have in helping the organization Braze to grow?
1: Yeah I think first and foremost um, it's looking around corners um, both at at opportunities and potential threats as well Um, you know the team are understandably head down in in flight opportunities, working accounts, having as many client interactions um, as possible. And whilst, you know, you want to be um, a a useful support um, in those conversations and be, be close to the cold face, be close to the deals. It's also a case of, I think, of being able to step back, um, understand the data trends, understand what's going on in the market, understand what the future vision of the company is and make sure that that is um, all aligned or there is a common understanding of, of the overall situation so you can help people um, get ahead of that and uh, see the future and help people get there as quickly as possible
0: excellent excellent so in terms of the a comprehensive customer engagement platform how does this compete with others in the market what's what's unique and different here
1: yeah it's a um it's a, it's a very competitive marketplace um yeah. and the the competitive dynamics um operate at a number of levels from um companies which are in sort of startup scale-up mode kind of, of the the genesis of the company that, that, that i work for Braze, and also some um more um uh, longer-standing incumbent players um the the differentiation um i won't get too technical but but our, our platform was was basically um, built off a high frequency trading platform. Um, So that was ingesting billions of data points in real time, um, making important decisions off the back of them as quickly as possible for investment purposes. Um, And that um, infrastructure and, and, and capability was applied to the customer engagement use case, which is effectively listening to your audience Understanding what they 're saying to you um, and acting accordingly with you know personalized relevant uh, messaging, so that there are some t- technical differentiators because we we were founded in two thousand and eleven um, so the age of the smartphone um, and there are some some considerations based on that compared to say 1990s ESPs where it was a very singular channel focus um, b- beyond the tech uh, a really important Piece of different, uh, point of differentiation um, for us in the sales teams is differentiating through execution. So um, when a when, when a prospect goes to market, you know, visits all the websites, reads all of the you know the high level blurb, it can all seem like much for muchness. Um, and when the capabilities or requirements are um, fairly entry level or low level sophistication, you know, you, you can solve that for for a lot of different through a lot of different solutions. But I think the experience they get through salespeople, meeting them where they are, understanding their business, their opportunities, their pain points, and really living that, deeply understanding it and then tailoring the, the solution towards it, is a really important point of, of differentiation, and um, not only you know expediting sales, but also you know creating a, a very good customer experience.
0: So how do you help your sales team to really understand the the customer what their objectives are what What do you do that other companies don't do? How do you go that extra mile
1: well I, I can't talk to other companies i'm i'm, I'm sure they're probably doing a, a lot of this as well, but, but we we have a few i guess tricks of us leave which have um, um proved to be valuable over the years so first and foremost we we like to live and love the brand um so we we're, we're fortunate working you know kind of in the uh, with B2C companies, these are the brands that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. So you know, it's very easy to um, have a customer experience, download the app, purchase something, subscribe. Um, and through that, you, you get an understanding about what the current messaging experience um, is like, um, where there might be some, some challenges, maybe there might be some, some missed opportunities. And that's a really good place to, to start the conversation because at a, I guess at a, on a human level, it shows that you've, you've taken an interest in that business you're you're a customer you have a perspective as a user and that's ultimately the people that they're um obsessed about um so that that's yeah that that's a good way to start the process um beyond that uh, we have a very value centric um sales process um so capturing the important metrics capturing what's happening at a, a at a high level you know investor reports latest market trends um is also very good kind of macro um awareness um, which allows us to, to to ground the conversation and also tailor what we're what we're proposing solution wise um, to be um, as as relevant as possible. Um, and yeah, I'm sure as, as any good salesperson will tell you, all, all deals are, are one or lost in discovery. That's just not a phase at the beginning. Discovery um, is 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 always ongoing, um, and we uh, we keep that top of mind throughout the um, throughout the deal.
0: Excellent. So tell me more about you say that uh, vanity metrics to profitability and operational efficiency is, is no more. In terms of what is more relevant, it more compelling story is reducing tech debt and um, rapid time to value. Tell me more about your thoughts ar- around this. What do you mean?
1: Yeah, so pre-2022, you know, an unprecedented bull run in the market that for this space was, was further juiced up by COVID as people withdrew from the uh, physical world and engaged more digitally. And we were finding certainly in our, in our kind of startup digital first space that um, those companies valuations and success was, was highly predicated on um, user volumes. Um, Regardless of whether those users were converting regard, whether those users were were spending were, were, were profitable. Now, those metrics i think are still relevant and are still good kind of leading indicators um and we still you know build business cases and value statements um around that because ultimately that's one of the the you know headline features of what our technology delivers it's it's growing your business through um more efficient acquisition better retention and better growth of your customers we have seen that over the last 18 months um a, a more of a pivot towards the operational efficiency um i guess value proposition um, largely in light of the macro and probably a, a long overdue um adjustment um, as you know companies are primarily in business uh, are primarily in business to, to turn a profit um, but but also tied to that is, is is our own companies sort of pivot more towards the enterprise we've had an enterprise business for a for a number of years but um that's probably growing the most at the moment um, and those companies often have you know very complex entrenched tech stacks, lots of different point solutions, lots of different technologies which have maybe been purchased on the fly to solve a short term use case and and this um this period seems to be a, a kind of a, a a point of introspection and review where um they're looking at all that tech debt um not only in terms of like i t cost um cost of um of ownership but also the people dependencies and largely the engineering dependencies to, you know, sustain linkages between different systems. And we're seeing great success in, in kind of cutting through that, uh, uh, quantifying what that tech debt actually means in terms of, of spend, in terms of hours wasted um, and crafting um, value propositions around a more efficient streamlined approach.
0: I th- I've just interviewed um, Dr. Jeremy Node, and he was talking about that very same um, problem in that when you're switching between application, you lose about 25 minutes in just switching your brain. And the the uh, tech stack has grown so much. There's so many applications. A previous um, interview um, and uh, was also talking uh, about this enterprise companies now have maybe about nine. Uh, uh, 900 applications 900 applications so you know the the level of complication within the enterprises and even small organization will often have hundreds of of applications so we look at the architecture and making sure that that is aligned and they're talking to one another what we don't spend enough time on is the usability of switching between all of these applications, and that's where there is a, a lot of waste and loss, so it's really interesting that you're also bringing up this 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 point as well
1: yeah hundred percent I, I think you could probably further break it out between you know back end considerations and front end considerations. there's a lot of i t architecture plumbing going on in the background, which you know can be a a source of pain, but also increasingly the the front end user experience. Um, you know, to your point, switching between different applications can be very time-consuming and not not a not a great experience. And um, you know, we, we, we all live our lives through the iPhone and the the, uh, the kind of the, the, st- the standards that Apple have set through that, and what we expect in terms of a seamless digital experience um, is is really relevant. And um, that's also an area of the product we we invest quite heavily in, in terms of um, UI UX.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what strategies do you use to optimize your salespeople in the sales operation? We're talking about optimization. Um, So what, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. So um, I guess it kind of works on a few levels and I guess at at, at the highest level, I think that talent solves for all problems. (laughs) Um, And we've been through a, a rapid period of growth and a lot of hiring and we've learned a lot of lessons through that and, and kind of, tie down our profile and there are a few attributes you know which we which we hire for and also seek to develop um, number one of which i, I think we we'll say is 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 curiosity intellectual curiosity going back to the point around um discovery you know highly highly relevant for for successful salespeople. Um, be, beyond that um giving people a a a forum and the tools to be um, great evangelists you know we 're coming in as a bit of a challenger to the market in in many in many aspects um, and giving people the the confidence the talk tracks and the tools to you know come in with a compelling differentiated point of view and have the confidence and passion to really propagate that to 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 change the status quo I think that, that those those that area around talent is probably the most important for me and, and you know, having conversations um, around those attributes, thinking about creative ways in which to develop them—be that presentations, role playing, making people as effective as possible um, in those customer engagements. Um, beyond that, you know, we're we're, we're a very data-driven company. Uh, we've got uh, data coming about our ears, and I, I think just having a having frameworks and consistency around revisiting the. same data points and and often i've seen over the years you know people take a a snapshot view of you know how pipe gen is how forecast accuracy is um and yeah that's that like that that can be relevant but i think it has limited value if it's not based in in the story and having that that view over time to see how people are 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 trending and can kind of apply that retrospective analysis to go so okay we, we did this and that improved that or we didn't do this and that caused that number so getting a getting a richer understanding through the data um but also benchmarking as well um you know we're fortunate to you know have a have a broader global sales team um so i'm always really interested to see you know what what is the data complexion of the top performing teams and and how can we you know use those sort of lagging indicators to to um to influence our leading indicators and, and get towards that
0: it seems like you're, you know, you're you're a data-led organization, and I wonder, are you led by data in sales? How much of the humanity, the relationship, is in that? What is the balance between the two?
1: Yeah, it's a really, really good question. I, I think um, what was the same people make decisions with their heart and then rationalize with it with the head. So I think that that initial um, impact and experience through living the brand through having credibility is is absolutely fundamental but but probably not enough to get a deal done you know there's there's going to be a time and a place later on in the process where you know you need to be coming in with 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 data and more quantitative insights to to justify your 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 position um and um you know having been in business now for what uh 12 years um we've we've got some really interesting insights into the the benefit and the value of taking the the approach that that we advocate for, and the results of that that's that's delivered for our customers, but it's got to be grounded in um, a, a, an overarching value narrative um, and predicated on the person who's telling you that data um, having credibility.
0: Right, right. So you mentioned before about the recruitment curiosity was really important, and you know role playing is might might be how you develop that. But actually, how do you recruit? That how you know the kind of key elements that you look for in the personalities, how do you actually measure that?
1: Yeah, there's a few little tactical exercises which we've we have we have used in the past um around vague briefs, (laughs) so deliberately vague presentation brief. And you know, the the, the good people will have a ton of questions around it to try and nail down something that's exactly what you want to see in it. It can be it, it, it sometimes can feel a little bit disconcerting for them, it's like why, why have I received this rubbish brief? But that's the, kind of the part of, of the exercise. Um, but but also, you know, just just in in interactions, I think it's the 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 best people and the most intellectually curious people have just as many questions for you as you do for them. So um, the the absence of people really wanting to go deep on you know the company's values, the company's Vision as well as the more kind of practical stuff for salespeople like quota, run rate, how many deals. Like, what does what's the complexion of a, of a good year look like? Um, they're they're all really useful indicators that that you know this is a this is a thoughtful person and that the curiosity that they're applying in the hiring process is going to be reflecting how they um, how they go to market.
0: So, how do you recruit for kind of neurodiversity? Um, uh, not only, but but global diversity people think differently they present themselves differently so if you have a model that you're measuring um, for those nuances like curiosity people are going to receive that information in a different way and present it in a different way so there's going to be an element of something that you're looking for The model of what you're looking for but actually it's coming from someone that actually sees the world differently and as we all know a diverse workforce is often more productive so how do you ensure that the the measures that you're using in order to bring to attract and and recruit your workforce is not a measure that actually creates a barrier
1: Mm. i think achieving that starts with having a uh, an existing diverse walk- workforce and diverse points of view diverse experiences and backgrounds um on the panel um you know there's there's a there's a limit to the perspective on on people that that i can provide due to to my background and i'm really interested to to hear what other people who have a different perspective and, and to your point of are, are neurodiverse um have to say so i think uh, understanding the limitations of your own perspective greatness is is in the agency of others um and having a really diverse talent team um and multiple steps on the process so you get those different points of views from people who yeah have had different experiences
0: yeah yeah talking about different experiences how about kind of rowing across the atlantic where did that come from
1: (laughs) Uh yeah, I um I was actually bought in as the as the fourth or, Um three of the guys I'm doing it with have been they've been talking about it for, for a number of years and um I think they they realized it was probably gonna be a bit too hard with three, so they were they were looking for a fourth. Um and yeah, the opportunity came up what, about 18 months ago now. Um uh so yeah, just uh grasped it with with both hands.
0: So when did you actually leave?
1: We set off on December the twelfth, got a couple of weeks in the Canary Islands before doing preparation. Um and yeah, we we anticipate it probably between 6 to 7 weeks.
0: Right. So how much training are you having to do at the moment leading up to it?
1: Yeah, it's um the, the most valuable training is really on the boat and there's a a, a mandatory um a set of hours that you have to do um as a team and uh, hours at night etc um to show that you're kind of competent and know how to to operate your boat so we we we've hit those mandatory hours. we're trying to to get in some more um i've the boat down uh, down where i live in september so we will be out on the water a bit more but aside from that it's a couple of hours in the gym every morning just uh doing weights or, or grinding it out on the uh, on the erg
0: interesting um i interviewed matt Garman just literally a couple of episodes ago who also um, met, uh, went across the Atlantic as, as well and there's lots of lessons uh, to be learned I'm sure that you'll be sharing with your your sales team when when you get back but it's quite interesting because your army background as well I wonder how much of the way that you lead a sales team is similar or different to the experience you had in another organization the the army and also how that's led to the your perspective on the world and the adventures that you you've decided to go on
1: yeah i, I think it's been um highly influential um on how i do the current job and i guess my my overall sort of approach to life my leadership training was was all in, in the military and it's i think one of the few organizations that invests so heavily you know you have a, a full year residential <laughs> training not only to be they had to be a soldier but also how to be be a good leader and and i guess that the main thing i took away from that experience and and, and that organization was the the importance of, of values and standards so it's a very values-led organization um they genuinely live and, and breathe it there's even annual training around it and you know coming into this space which can be highly challenging and and highly complex you're you know almost daily faced with with devilish scenarios where there it's not necessarily win-win and there's difficult decisions to make and when you I think when you when you strip it back um, what ultimately determines um, how effective you can be in those situations be that leading a team making difficult decisions is 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 your personal values and your professional values and your, your, your moral compass. Um, so yeah, I, I, that that was a great learning from, from the time, um, in the army, um, something I've tried to carry forward. Of course, there's, there's nuance to, to the values. Some are, some are evergreen, for example, you know, integrity. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, when you're faced with difficult situations, it's kind of nice to have that as your, as your charter to go to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So in terms of, um, the value we're talking about values. Um, you say that you know you've got uh, high values and invest in relationships and cooperation with the customer success team. So I'm, I'd like to understand how kind of sales and customer success work together at Braze.
1: Yeah, so my, my, my first job at Braze was um, in account management. So. Um... Uh, working along really closely alongside our customer success teams on the commercial side of of customer relationships, part of the sales team you know but but focused on on upsells um and renewals um, and the i think if you if you think about this sort of the spectrum of customer success from from one end of you know more product technical focused purely on the customer to the other end of a more commercial focus we 've always our success team's have always kind of more been more geared towards the the former. Um so they are genuine experts, not only in our technology, um, but also in the effective utilization of it. Um and not them not having the I guess the, the pressure of those commercial considerations and targets. They are incentivized, of course, around around renewals, but it's not as um I guess as, as avert as it is for sales. Um, means that that they have been a really important um, uh, partner and sometimes counterbalance, you know, to some of the sales prerogatives and and urgency to to grow accounts. Um, so that that's been really effective for um, customer retention um, and customer growth, um, which um, you know, uh, successful integrations setting the scene for further expansion. That trust is there, the wins are there, um, and that gives people the the confidence and comfort to expand into different product lines and services, but also on the new business side as well, just, a, I guess, at a tactical level, um, going back to what we were saying earlier, because the space is so competitive, such an important differentiation point is customer advocacy. Um, and our customer success team have facilitated a lot of that, um, but also the customer success experience they're going to have after um, after they sign. Um, you know, that I think is, is there's a number of companies that haven't quite got that right, um, and just sort of solve the dream and difficult to to deliver it um but we 've got a really good track record and some great frameworks um that um that ensure that that doesn 't happen um in terms of of sort of general collaboration day to day um i think the the overarching principle for me has always been just over communication um you know we 've of course got all the shared slack channels, regular meetings, and whatnot but you you can 't communicate too much you all, you're you 're going to have different conversations um speaking to different people and that's that's all well and good but a kind of a, a an all-informed net as we used to call it in the army is um is, is paramount
0: so do you have you know you've got the sales team you've got customer success the overlap is the customer and and that's how it how it works they're separate entities or they sit together how how, how is it organized
1: yeah so d- different departments um but highly collaborative um, um and and a lot of the I guess the the success and sales motions, um, you know, have parallels. Um, discovery, rediscovery, alignment on our value proposition. What are we actually delivering? We've actually got a, a big project on going at the moment to provide a framework that that better defines that and, and aligns it. Imagine you're, you know, dropped in the elevator with the the CEO. Kind of, what's the what's the the, the boilerplate of, of what we're doing? Um, and that's um, that's obviously really important in the current climate for justifying um, investment and you know further partnership, um, but also for um, uh, creating a basis in which we can build further value. Okay, so if this is what's been delivered, if this is where we're currently being successful, well, actually we've got a load of other features and services which can can enhance that. So rather than having a maybe a sort of reactive mindset, it's more um, uh, proactive based on the realities of the value that we're delivering which is, is, is defined um, between both teams.
0: Excellent. Excellent. OK, so if you're on a desert island, which you're going to be on soon.
1: Uh... <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be Antigua. <laughs> uh,
0: what would be the one thing you took with you?
1: Um, I think it would be some sort of tablet or device with um, a album of videos with family um bit, bit bit corny and um I was in when my kids were young I was always uh never really liked being in in front of the camera um uh but I'm so glad that my my other half was always videoing stuff so looking back now um it's uh yeah it's, it's wonderful to see and that would probably keep me going
0: yeah brilliant excellent so how can listeners get hold of you John
1: LinkedIn's probably the um the, the best way um yep yeah. John Ashton brave
0: Excellent. All right. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and and, uh, see you in Antigua uh, in January then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thank you very much for having me.
0: All right. Thank you.
1: Cheers. Take care. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.